Hello and welcome to the Manifest Image. Here we look at art movements, their works, theory, and explore their relevance to artists of today. I'm Thomas Greengrass. And I'm Ariel de la Garza. In our first of a new parallel series, Baseless Theories, this is episode one of Baseless Theories, we are going to be looking at uh, why View of Notre Dame 1914 is perhaps the first Francis Bacon work that's done by Matisse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be looking at uh, French Window at Collier 1914 by Matisse again as the first Rothko. And your theory? Uh, and we will be looking at Harmony in Red, uh, 1908, as uh, being a uh, essentially painted by Felix Vallotton. Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> where do you want to go in this one? This is a bit I think, of fun. I think we start with. Uh, I think we can uh, we can start with mine and then build up to yours, which I think are, are better wild speculations. <laughs> they're 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 wilder and dare I say more baseless. Oh. <laughs> No, no, they're not. You're, you're, anyway, anyway. So, um, this painting, uh, Harmony in Red, 1908. Um, we have a woman, probably, um, I think maybe a maid? I don't know. Maybe mm. the woman of the house? Not entirely sure. Uh, the, she is She's placing, quite well-dressed, though, I have to say. She's quite well-dressed, yeah. but very soberly dressed. Mm. And she looks rather somber. Maybe the woman of the house... I. I don't know. I didn't live there. <laughs> she's placing some fruits on a table where there are some uh, the, the nice booze booze jugs and other things. There's some flowers, and there is the wallpaper is bright red. The tablecloth is bright red, and they are covered in uh, a sort of ornamental pattern um, in dark blue. Mm. There is a window to the left overlooking a rather abstract, lovely garden with trees that are in bloom, mm. in bloom of white flowers, I would think, and then some little flowers on the floor, and then there's a chair um, in the far left, a chair that reminds me of, like, uh, you know, that, the, that Van Gogh... Yes, it does. That Van Gogh room, uh, what's it called, that painting? Uh, the Van Gogh room. You guys know which one I mean. Not the one with the bed. It's the one with the chair. The one with the chair, yeah. <laughs> um, but the one with the bed also, similar yeah. style. So this reminds me a little bit of Valotton's paintings that are and prints. Uh, the prints are particularly wonderful. Um, a few examples that have absolutely nothing to do with this are uh, The Charge, La Charge, from 1893, and The Demonstration, La Manifestation, from 1893. Um, what I think is so brilliant about these prints is that he uses uh, just black and white. Mm. Just black and white, and this is talk about negative space. These are woodcuts, are space. Uh, yes, I think they are woodcuts, and um, yeah, they're absolutely great. But they're so. What what I think here is that there's a there's a kind of unidimensionality. There's a flatness to this painting mm. that that quite works. And um, the other one, but that, I was going to say that window. Yeah. I mean, the, it's a painting as well. Right? Yeah, it could be a painting. There's absolutely no sense of uh, of, of depth. depth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, these trees, they might as well be, you know, just 
literally painted on. Absolutely. And it reminds me also in in the composition of something like uh, Valotons The Visit or maybe Waiting, La Tante from uh, respectively uh, 19, well, both from 19, mm. uh, 1899. Now, what I think is so similar about these paintings is like, um, it's quite flat in a way. I mean, Valotons has more shading, is sort of darker oils and there's, there's, there's a sense of menace perhaps looming. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, there's both of them, it's like this man, I, I think it goes visit, sorry, waiting, then the visit. Um, it's a man and a woman, and one he's hiding behind a curtain, and the other one he's he's there meeting the lady. Um, but it's a kind of, you know, if these I was to talk, beautiful. they're really good, aren't they? If I was to talk in camera, um, it would be a, a pretty wide, wide mm. shot. Yeah. Uh, be a pretty wide shot. They are to the right of the figure, of, of, of the painting, maybe rule of thirds, I don't know, but eh, whatever. I think so. It's nicely done. It's roughly about four by two, sort of, in terms of dimensions. Something like that. So sort of long. And um, I think this one is remarkably similar. And it's also quite flat. And it has an almost print-like uh, quality because the tablecloth and the wallpaper blend together. Mm. So that is my uh, baseless theory. That's nice. I like that. I, I would also love to say these ones waiting, as you said, and, uh, and the visits, 1980, uh, 1899. Great, aren't they? Do you know what? I'm looking at these and I get a feeling that if... if Pinter, Harold Pinter's plays had to actually be painted. This is the person to do it. Well, he's just it's, saying that because I said the word menace. Yes, yeah, I am saying I, that. I knew, what I, was, I knew what I was doing. You. I was prodding you. <laughs> theatre of menace. Yes. We've not talked about theatre in a while. We've been talking about uh, paintings too much. Yeah. Now, now we've got the itch. Oh, but these are wonderful. No, but I mean, I'll, I'll, look, they're also very theatrical. They because are. Because they both say it's, you know, the first one, this, this man... Um, he has like that like classic like Freud coat um, he's like waiting by the window probably mm. looking out but also hiding and the other one she's finally he's there and he's, he's mm, you know very engrossed in her company mm. um, menacingly yeah. because of the shadows so uh, yeah my basis theory Felix Valotin like um, a Swiss mm. I believe or Belgian but I think he was Swiss and that Matisse is Copying him, the hack. Um, <laughs> yes, that is my contention. I'd also just like to add uh, two things to, to the. But the composition is remarkably similar. Yes. And, and what about those woodcuts? Isn't isn't the the rendering of her face, the way it's painted, kind of similar to the woodcuts that he makes? They are. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's 1980, mm-hmm. 1890, uh, 98 works. Very much. Am so. I right or am I right? I mean, look at these. Now we're looking at some called. Uh, the fine pin, La Belle Épingle 3, 1898 as well, and maybe La Raison Provence or The Cogent Reason um, that are, mm. again, well, actually, for example, The Lie 1, Le Mensonge, and I think there's a, a, a painting of it. It's a very much, uh, very much like this. Mm. It's a very similar style. I was, I was also going to add two more things about Harmony in Red. I think that uh, just because of uh, these kind of, uh, these curved um, organic structures, it does remind me of uh, William Morris. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, you know, ornament. It's become, ornament. Yeah, ornamental. Yeah. Ornament. And yeah. also in terms of the flat face, it reminds me almost like a fresco. Um, uh, so I'm thinking like um, sort of pre uh, pre Giotto, sort of very flat, mm. or actually even Giotto, um, uh, 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 sort of these flat faces uh, that are mannered. There is a story. So a bit of fun there. In terms good. Of, good. Nice and baseless. How about yours? Nice and baseless. 
uh, uh, no, it's definitely not baseless. It's entirely well-founded. Uh, so, view or... Uh, actually, do you know what? We'll save the Franz Bacon one. Instead, we'll skip straight to the Rothko. Now, if you haven't seen any Rothkos, um, don't worry. Uh, uh, it, open, open, your, uh, open your closet mm-hmm. when it's very, very dark. Um, and get in. <laughs> no, 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 no. And just, and just, kind of, just kind of look at it from afar and you've seen a Rothko. Mm. I think so. Uh, just, uh, just look at a blank wall and unfocus your eyes. Yes. So it's a bit blurry, even though it's a uniform color. And but also, you're pretty much there. But also, make the <laughs> maybe make the totally wall make the wall um, make the wall like uh, a a red that inexplicably makes you very 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 sad. Mm. You don't know why you're so sad, yeah. but but you are. At least that's that's what I get from Rothkos. Yeah. They make me very sad. <laughs> Um, if you, if you, I, I don't know why they do, they but do. they just... God, they're so sad. There's a room in the Tate Modern specifically for these sort of reddish brown I really and don't black like, I paintings. really don't like those. Um, really don't and like they those. are meant to be depressing as hell. So I'll save you the, you know, the journey to the Tate to see that. Um, instead, upset everyone that you love. Mm. And that kind of misery that befalls you, that's what you would get. Yeah, it's so strange. You don't idea. have to just pick up the phone and tell your loved ones you hate them. So anyway, um, oh, wow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what do you think about this one? Hey, well, we're practical as well. You know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm saving them the, the cost of a fare. Um, French window at Collier. Again, Matisse is back in Collier, 1914. Mm-hmm. This is uh, not actually a huge canvas necessarily. It's sort of a metre, uh, roughly slightly over a metre and slightly under a metre. But... I think this could also be of influence for Francis Bacon, but it's it's just these monotone, limited, very harsh colours um, uh, with with blurred edges. It's mm. again that bleed. That's why I say that uh, unfocused sense. Uh, there is a little bit of perspective. So in that sense, it's actually a little bit more technically interesting than a than a Rothko oh, because <laughs> no, but because but, you do actually get a sense of depth uh, if you look at the bottom. But of Rothko the is is incredibly abstract, and yes. um, I I will say, although I don't like that purple, maybe because it's a bit haunting, but I don't really like the, those purple ones so much. The ones that are in the Tate, mm. um, there are some red ones, mm. some sort of darker red ones that I do like. I think some are the yellow ones. Do you get happy from those? No, no, none of them make me happy. Mm. They're all sad. They're all terribly sad. <laughs> I don't think they're all terribly sad. I think some of them, uh, I can get like a, you know, a, a little bit of a kick. But we were saying this. We were uh, at uh, we were watching um, the Sorrows of Young Werther opera, mm-hmm. and during the intermission, we God, actually we're coming across terribly. I know, yeah. but we have to say, we actually discussed. Is there a limitation in terms of what abstract images can actually, what emotions they can convey? So sadness and misery, pretty easy. Maybe existential emptiness also can be done. But what about some of the other ones? Like, can you get regret? Mm. Can you get... Um... Well, regret is almost a narrative emotion, isn't it? Mm. In the sense that, sure, you could be washed over by regret or something, but it, it seems... It seems it seems less basic than uh, I don't know. That's not really some baseless stuff, but regret seems less baseless. Sorry, less. It doesn't seem as primary to me as something like sadness or joy. Mm. Um, I mean, can a child have regret? I feel like regret comes later in the developmental stage, whereas sadness sadness can hit you the second you're born. Oh. <laughs> 
So I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth. Are you saying that abstract paintings can only capture the emotions of a child? Maybe. And that's not necessarily a detriment. I mean, yeah. that's not necessarily to enter the a, kingdom a, a of heaven. One must so, so like anyway, uh, let's let's uh, let's rate your baseless speculation. Um, I think this one is particularly baseless, but it's a very strange painting, and well, it is kind of forward looking. Yeah, when yeah. you do see the Rothkos, there is, in t especially when you see it in terms of the rest of Matisse's work. Yeah, it's so. This one does so not give down, me serenity. Stripped down. This is mysterious. This yeah. One. Well, it's a French window. Yes, France. but it's entirely dark. Yeah, well, it's at night. Yeah, but, <laughs> but something is there. So I anyway, what's the next one? And this is, you can see this in Paris. But finally, um, and this is the one that I was really interested in, the view of Notre Dame 1914 as a Francis Bacon. Now, anyone who's familiar with, uh, say, his Screaming Pope series, um, where you get these, these very harsh and raw, well, oftentimes very harsh and raw backgrounds, especially if you're uh, also if you're familiar with the original triptych of the uh, uh, studies for figures at the base of a crucifixion. So they're also, uh, I guess, to, to, to describe those backgrounds a little bit more, they tend to be um, very, uh, not hastily drawn, but like they're not complete. I mean, they're, they're uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, the preparation of the canvas shines through, or sometimes the bare canvas shines through. Yeah. So the paint is kind of hap haphazard, but without the negative connotations, haphazardly sort of placed. Um, so it's almost like the world is like coming into being a little mm. bit. There's it's it's this all very abstract, strange space that he creates to house these figures in intense despair. Yeah. Right? I think I think that's right. Um, and, uh, uh, the way that I would put it is to so the bare minimum taken, of a space, yeah. the bare minimum of a room, which are these. Which seems liminal. Yes, it's, it's kind of. But it, I was trying to avoid raw. that word, but you're right. Oh, it's the right yeah. one. No, it's the right one. But yeah, I think the way that you would describe it is you've taken quite a, a wide brush, and then you've dipped it in two little paint to try to cover. Yes. So you're trying to cover a canvas with not enough paint. It's very matte. And uh, so the, the rooms in these places for yeah. Bacon are drawn, these like, uh, these, these lines cutting through this ether mm. um, that, you know, form intersecting like little geometric shapes. It's almost like those little, those little perspective cubes you, you, you sometimes learn to draw as like a sketch on your notebook yes, on the corner. he does. Have, um, yes, so they're a bit absolutely. like that, but they're very harsh. They like rip through, the, through space and they kind of enclose these like angry, difficult figures. Um, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's totally right. So, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of how the the matte paint is applied, it's very much like a lot of uh, 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 Bacon's earlier, well, not his super early work because we don't have a lot of that. But once he actually post figures at the base of the crucifixion, it's sort of around that period, um, and it's it's got that raw feeling that you know it's almost like uh, I don't know, the world is breaking. It seems all paradoxically fleshy, even though in this uh, view of Notre Dame, there's, there's nothing there. It's, mm -hmm. uh, and so in this view of Notre Dame, there are those same lines, right? There are these lines yes. that start to draw. Well, it's also, uh, so you've got the application of the paint, but then also the way that the room is, uh, is, and, uh, is starting to be broken up. Mm -hmm. um, and you get these spaces that don't, it doesn't look like they could actually exist in reality. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, no, you can see maybe there's a bridge, maybe not, maybe it's a room, maybe that's a window, but that's Notre Dame. 
Mm. Um, but it could be kind of either of these things. There's a but, blue. There's a green ball. What's the green ball? Speculate wildly, please. Is it a pope? It's a pope. Is it? It, a, it is a pope. That's it's right. It's a pope yeah. walking towards Notre Dame. Wow. Actually, do you know? In terms of because there, uh, you know, uh, Bacon is predominantly known as a figurative painter, uh, but he does also have uh, some paintings that are just abstract, and especially towards the end, uh, he does a work called the Sand Dunes. And also one, uh, uh, something like, it's called Water or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is happening at the time, much later, when Georges Bataille actually ta- is talking with uh, André Masson and discussing mm-hmm. this idea of une forme, uh, actually how to depict within art an absence of form. Interesting. Uh, and so, uh, and Bacon was influenced by these ideas, and he was in particular very, very pleased with that water image that seemed to just be a kind of vague form. And so maybe so what, what you're thinking is, is one day Bacon was uh, walking down the streets in... Is this in Paris? Oh, New York. It's in New York. Well, who knows when it was there. So mm-hmm. the Bacon, whenever Bacon was around. So Bacon was walking down the streets in Paris one day, and he, he, he trips, and he cuts his knee, and an elderly gentleman sees him and says, Oh, are you all right? And he says, No. <laughs> And so he, he, he says, oh, would you like a bandage? I, I live nearby. And uh, he leads him into the room, and, and there's this painting. He sees it, and he realizes that's what it's going to be. Exactly. And, you know, he, he is familiar with Matisse. And who was he, the elderly gentleman? Uh, it was... Who's of the right age? I have no idea. Um... One of Picasso's exes. All right, it was, one of, been it was one of Picasso's exes. <laughs> hadn't been, life hadn't been kind to them. And, um, um, but no, I just wanted to carry on. What, what Bacon does say is that he says uh, that one of the reasons that he liked Picasso more than Matisse is that uh, Picasso could catch what he called the brutality of fact. Hmm. Um, but maybe what a way to cover your tracks that you've actually been stealing from Matisse. Mm. Uh, when he's seen this one, he's like, actually, I've always preferred Picasso, his rival. And uh, so, no, I've never seen this uh, view of Notre Dame. How interesting. Yeah. Yes. And on that note. Yeah. One more thing. This is done 1914. So the First World War has just started. So maybe there is a mood of misery mm. upon Matisse. And uh, figures for the base of a crucifixion, a lot of Bacon is seen as a post-World War artist. Hmm. because of that misery and depression. Not unlike um, uh, the Wasteland is seen as a post-World War I poem, and so maybe these mm-hmm. world wars, it breeds a kind of mood. Or maybe none of that's true. Maybe none of that's true. Thank you very much for joining us for... Uh, Baseless. Series <laughs> 1. <laughs>